Phil. Uh, I'm here with my co-host Tammy, uh, and together we uh, are the hosts of uh, the Homicide Canada podcast. Uh, this is uh, the 29th episode of the podcast, and in this one, it's our August homicides episode where we go through um, all the homicides and stats for all the homicides that occurred in Canada in August of 2022. Um, yeah, and so... Besides this uh, podcast, you can go to homicidecanada.com and you can check out our website. Uh, yeah, basically we try to have like a page for every homicide and then we'll have some stats pages for the, the provinces as, as well as some of the major cities in that. So yeah, we try to keep track of all the homicides in Canada uh, as they happen. Uh, yeah, we're also, besides a website and this podcast, we're on social media, so you can go to Homicide underscore Canada on Twitter. Uh, our DMs are always open uh, if you want to get in touch with us. Um, also, we're on Instagram and we're on Facebook. I think I would just search Homicide Canada uh, to find us. Our page is there if you want to subscribe or follow us. And then you can see more uh, or you can see all of our content or be alerted to all our content. Uh, okay, uh, let's get into the, the episode then. Uh, yeah, we'll start with uh, as of... Today, the year-to-date homicides, I think today is, as we're recording this, September 27th. Um, so year-to-date in Canada, there's been 529 homicides that we've been able to find. Uh, that's 386 males, uh, 110 females. Uh, that projects out to a 2022 total of 715 uh, versus the 690 that we found last year. So that is a... Um, uh, uh, an increase definitely uh also usually like um by the time this count like by the time the year ends in that and then maybe a few months after we usually find like a few more on that so it's probably an undercount now that projection so yeah it could be, it could well be that uh there's a like a an okay percent increase although i don't know probably less than 10 percent from last year um, the projected homicide rate per 100,000 inhabitants is 1.87 so far uh, that's for everyone or all sexes. Um, for females, I guess it's, uh, let's see, 0 0.78 per 100,000. And then for males, it's 2.73 uh, per 100,000. Okay, and I'll just have a look here at what the, the murder rates are per 100,000 for the provinces. Um, we have Manitoba with 6.55. They're in first. Um, Saskatchewan... Somewhat back, it's uh, in second at 5.37 per 100,000 homicides. And then British Columbia, way back, they're in third, but uh, considerably less at 2.78. Fourth is Alberta with 2.6. Then Nova Scotia with 1.81. Ontario, 1.54. Uh, New Brunswick, uh, 1.05. Quebec at 0 0.76. Newfoundland at only 0 0.53 per 100,000. And then Prince Edward Island at zero, because they do not have any homicides as of yet in 2022. Okay, and then for the major cities, uh, we have Winnipeg way out in front uh, with a homicide rate per 100,000 of 6.67. It's more than double Edmonton's at 3.08. Um, in third is Regina with 2.99. Then surprisingly, well, maybe not that surprisingly, Halifax with 2.77. Uh, Toronto with 2.52, uh, Brampton 2.27, Calgary at 2.17, Montreal 1.92, Mississauga 1.88, 
Vancouver, 1.84. Um, Ottawa at 1.59, and then Hamilton at 0.71, which is surprising considering Hamilton had a lot of homicides last year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. And then we also have an, uh, uh, an email address. It's info at homicidecanada.com. And yeah, if we missed a murder, uh, hit us up there or on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Uh, yeah. And also, I think uh, if I mentioned it earlier, yeah, if you go to the website, we if you want to check out your province and that, it'll, we'll have a page that lists all the homicide victims and links through to the, those um, those homicides with some information. And we also have for the bigger municipalities, we also have pages for them as well. So for August 2022, there were 60 homicides compared to 60 homicides in 2021. So just saying. So yeah, it's, it's pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> There were 10 female victims, 46 male victims, and four unknown gender victims at this point. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's go through the youngest and oldest victims. So the oldest was 83-year-old Pedro, uh, otherwise known as Paul Radukak. I don't know if that's pronounced correctly. Uh, in Winnipeg, Manitoba, uh, Winnipeg Police Service responded to the 600 block of Cathedral Avenue for a report of a suspicious death on August 16th at approximately 3 p.m., uh, on arrival, police located Paho Paul Radokak, uh, an 83-year-old male, uh, Winnipeg, deceased. Uh, the cause of death has not been released. However, police said his death is being in investigated as a, as a homicide. And that was the 31st uh, Winnipeg homicide of 2022. Uh, one thing I should say about Winnipeg is that I believe the record for number of homicides... Um, for in the year in Winnipeg was 44 a few years ago, and I, if I looked the other day, and I think our projection for home, for Winnipeg this year is 50, so that would oh, that wow. would that would beat their their record by quite a lot. So yeah, I'm not sure exactly what's why Winnipeg is so murderous this year, but uh, yeah, it is. Um, okay, and then the youngest was 18 year old Mason Zaki in Burnaby. Uh, you know if that's uh, oh he's male. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Burnaby police were called to the uh, Kensington Highway exit around 2.30 p.m. on August 6th by one of the two men in a vehicle who were shot. Uh, on arrival, police located the vehicle and the two male victims. 18-year-old uh, uh, Mason Zach died of his injuries, and the driver was injured but expected to survive. Uh, police believe the shooting was targeted, and there are no further risks to the public. Uh, Corporal Mike Kalange said it's believed the shooting is tied to the lower mainland gang conflict. So... Yeah, there's been a lot of that in, in BC this year for sure. And a lot of the victims pretty young too. Okay, and then to follow up on that, um, uh, we'll go through the provincial uh, counts. Um, so BC has is in first with 14. Uh, that's compared to Ontario in second with 13, which is interesting because BC has a much smaller population than Ontario. Uh, then we in third, we have Alberta at nine, uh, Quebec at eight, Manitoba with six, uh, Saskatchewan with three, New Brunswick with two, uh, Nova Scotia with two, Newfoundland with zero, uh, Nunavut with zero, Northwood Territories with zero, PEI with zero, and the Yukon Territory with zero. So for the cities with more than one homicide, Montreal had six, but two of the victims were a double homicide. Surrey had five, Toronto had five, Winnipeg had four, Edmonton had four, Calgary had three, but there was a double homicide there, and Mississauga had two, 
a double homicide, and Summerland had two a double homicide. Uh, where is Summerland? I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> we'll figure it out later, I think. Uh, yeah. Wow. And Surrey had five different separate separate killings then. Yeah, that seems like a lot, but I don't yeah. know. I've never been... I never been to Surrey. Yeah, I've been to I have been to Vancouver, rough. the city, and but it was a long time ago. I don't remember ever going to, to Surrey though. Murders by type. There were twenty one shootings, twenty four unknown, um, eight stabbings, five beatings, and one other. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that continues kind of the trend of like murder or sorry, uh, shooting being the most uh, popular method of homicide in Canada. Yeah, but like you said before, we, we don't really know. We Could don't know about the, the unknown ones, yeah. So, I don't know. We'll never, well, I guess we could go back and track the ones we know, but that's hard. Um, Summerland <laughs> is in BC. Okay, yeah. I didn't know where that was, <laughs> so, yeah, okay. Uh, okay, so what we're going to do now is we're going to go over some of the more, more noteworthy uh, homicides that occurred in Canada in August. Okay, so uh, the first one is in Montreal. Uh, a suspect was shot and killed by police. So that was Montreal homicides number 16 and 17. Um, two men were killed in Montreal with police to be a linked shooting. Uh, the first victim was located in the area of DeGuire Street and Jules Plotros Boulevard just before 9.45 p.m. on August 2nd. Uh, the victim has been identified as 64-year-old Andre Lemieux, the father of local professional boxer David Lemieux. Uh, he was shot in the upper body and was pronounced at the scene. Uh, the second victim, Mohamed Salah Belhaj, 48, was shot at an intersection in the Ahunst, uh, Ahunst district. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. At approximately 10.50 p.m., so a little more than an hour later. Uh, he was also shot in the upper body and declared deceased at the scene. Uh, Chief Inspector Marie-Claude Deninoff said one shooter is responsible for both shootings. For me to confirm it 100%, we we're waiting on a few details. We're waiting on the ballistics report, but 99%, uh, the, the same person is responsible for uh, both shootings. Um, Montreal police announced on August 4th that they shot and killed a suspect in a motel on Marcel Lauren Boulevard. Uh, the suspect, 26-year-old uh, Abdullah Sheikh, was accused of killing three men, seemingly at random. Uh, Lemieux and Belhage on August 2nd, and then a third man in Laval, Quebec on August 3rd. Uh, according to reports, Sheikh was detained off and on at mental health institutions from 2018 to 2021, where he allegedly, allegedly harassed medical staff. And despite being labeled a significant risk to public safety, the administrative tribunal released, released Sheikh in January 2021. Yeah, that's, that's bad. You think that if someone is a risk to others, they yeah. would figure out a way to keep him. Yeah, and he killed like three different people, not just yeah. not just one. So. Okay, so one dead and one injured in Richmond Hill while attending a funeral for Gidid Mohammed. Constable Maniva Armstrong said they were alerted of an active active shooter at Toronto Muslim Cemetery located at. 13076 Leslie Street on August 11th at approximately 3.30 p.m. On arrival, York Regional Police and paramedics located a 26-year-old man and a 27-year-old man su suffering from multiple gunshot wounds. The victims were rushed to hospital where 26-year-old Ayub Hirsi Ali died of his injuries. According to reports, the shooting happened as guests for the funeral for Gidid Mohammed were leaving the cemetery. Police said the suspects fled the scene in an older model SUV and were last seen northbound on Leslie Street. 
The suspects are described as male, black, wearing hoodies and masks. Investigators believe the deceased was targeted, and anyone with information is asked to contact the homicide unit at 1-866-876-5423, extension 7865. Yeah, it's like in the U.S. and that, you hear about like killings at funerals and that, but... Uh, yeah, I guess this happened a couple times in Toronto, like in previous years, but... Yeah, that's uh, scary. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. So the next uh, case. Uh, so uh, Peel police investigate the deaths of a man and woman in Mississauga. So uh, Peel police attended a wellness check at 25 Princess Street in Mississauga on August 16th at approximately 8 a.m. Uh, police located a man and a woman found deceased inside a residence with signs of trauma. Uh, the victim's identities have not been released. Uh, Peel police... Uh, Peel Police Media Officer Constable Mandeep Katra said the incident poses no risk to public safety. Uh, up to, and there's an update. So the deceased have been identified as Anna Monica Kurachika. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, 46 and Constantino Figueroa. I'm also not convinced I'm pronouncing that correctly. 54. Uh, police said both victims had clear signs of trauma. However, they have no information yet on the weapon used or motive. Uh, no suspects have been taken into custody at this time. Uh, and the homicide investigation of this incident is ongoing. So that's interesting um, in some sense in the fact that, you know, you commonly see a lot of murder-suicides in that. Yeah. If it's a man or a woman. Um, but, yeah, I guess in this case it's not and that they're looking for somebody who killed them both then tammy or yeah that's what i could yeah. get from the release so i'm not sure what's actually going on because there's been no updates okay it oh. is a bit strange that the accident poses no risk to public safety though yeah so could it i don't know yeah maybe we should follow up on that and see if it's like send them an email on that uh, appeal police and yeah we could try yeah. <laughs> Um, they may not answer, but we, but, <laughs> yeah. but, but we could give it a try in that and ask if it is a murder-suicide. So, Okay, so the next one here. Durham Region Police investigate the discovery of human remains in a shallow grave in Pickering. Uh, Durham Region Police were called to the area of Concession Road 8 and Sideline 20 after a citizen located burnt human remains in a shallow grave on August 21st at approximately 2.30 p.m. Forensic investigators attended the scene to assist the office of the chief coroner and forensic anthropologist to recover the remains. A postmortem will be conducted to determine more details about the deceased, and police are urging any witnesses who may have information or may have used the off-road ATV trail in the last three weeks to come forward and speak to investigators. Anyone with information pertaining to this investigation is asked to contact Detective French of the Major Crimes Unit at one 888 579-1520, extension 5421. Okay, uh, the next one, uh, Prince Albert uh, Police uh, investigate the death of an 85-year-old woman following an assault at a Saskatchewan care home. Uh, Prince Albert Police said an assault took place uh, involving two residents at a care home in the 700 block of 28th Street East in Prince Albert on August 14th. Uh, the victim, an 85-year-old woman, was transported by Parkland Ambulance to the Victoria Hospital where she died of her injuries uh, five days later on August 19th. Uh, police said her death was the result of injuries received during the assault five days prior. 
Uh, investigators have identified a 76-year-old woman as a suspect. However, no arrest has been made. While the Prince Albert Police Services Criminal Investigation Division continues to investigate. So yeah, uh, yeah. So like I, obviously like another probably um, patient at the care home on that was like looks like it's the perpetrator. Um, yeah. yeah. We don't have any information. We don't know if she was of sound mind or. I do wonder too, like just knowing from family experiences, like when you're 85 years old and you get into a a fight or a fall or something, it's always much worse than if you were. 70 years old you know what i mean sure definitely and yeah it, 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 it might not t have taken much of a, yeah. an assault to, for the person to, uh, to pass away in that that's um toronto homicide 44 and 45 godfrey sigod charged with the brazen daytime murders of two women in north york toronto police responded to a call for a stabbing in the area of bathurst street and ellerslie avenue on august 26th at approximately 3 30 p.m According to Toronto Police, a 46-year-old man became involved in an altercation with a 44-year-old woman and a 20-year-old woman. All three were injured. However, the two women died of their injuries at the scene. The victims have been identified as Elvie Sigod, 44 years old, and Angelica Sigod, 20, both of Toronto. Godfrey Sigod, 46, of Toronto, was arrested, and he's been charged with second-degree murder times two. Godfrey is the father of Angelica, and Elvie is her mother. A GoFundMe has been set up to raise funds for the funeral and sending the bodies back to the Philippines. Okay, and so um, do we know where this, like, like, was this inside or outside? or? So I read in a news source that it okay. happened inside a vehicle, and it was like a grisly scene, but the police didn't say where it happened exactly. Okay. So... I'm sure we'll find out eventually. Yeah. But yeah, like I guess the daughter was a student. She was going to school and the mom was like a hard worker. And I looked up the dad and all I could find were like photos of him flexing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm not really sure what's going on there, but. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so uh, the next one. Uh, Michael Terrell Arnold uh, was charged with first-degree murder in relation to the death of Nikita Barron and the attempted murder of her husband, Talal Pulani. Uh, so Calgary police were called to the 0-100 block of Edward Woods Court Southwest for reports of a shooting with two victims. Uh, on arrival, police located Nikita Barron, 31, and her husband, Talal Pulani, 46, suffering from gunshot wounds in their Bentley. Uh, Barron was pronounced at the scene and Fulani was transferred to hospital with non-life-threatening uh, injuries. Uh, according to reports, the couple were shot at as they were pulling out of their driveway. Uh, their car ended up uh, in the driveway across the road. Uh, according to the CBC, Fulani was out on bail awaiting trial on organized crime charges alongside his brother and sister on charges related to money laundering. Uh, Fulani is accused of laundering money obtained through drug trafficking in both Calgary and Halifax uh, in 2020. Fulani testified against his former friend and business associate at CHEM, it's a T-E-M, uh, otherwise known as Jim Can, at uh, an Alberta Securities Commission ASC hearing in relation to a pump and dump scam uh, that's artificially inflating a stock in order to sell the cheaply purchased stock at a higher price. Um, as a result of the investigation, uh, Michael Terrell Arnold, 34, of Sherwood Park, Alberta, 
was arrested by the Edmonton Police Service on Thursday, August 25th. Uh, Calgary Police have charged Arnold with one count of first-degree murder and one count of attempted murder. Uh, police continue to investigate the motive. Uh, anyone with information about this incident is asked to contact police by calling 403-266-1234. Uh, yeah, and so um, Michael Terrell Arnold was charged with the 2019 murder of Arthur Charles Edward Beauchamp in Edmonton. Uh, Arnold was granted bail and was released on August 3rd of this year. Uh, Arnold also has a history of drug trafficking charges, assault charges uh, with assault and weapons offenses, and he is also subject to a lifetime fire firearms ban. So, yeah, that's like, you know, it never used to happen, but yeah, like it, the, he was out for on, on bail for our murder charge. Uh, yeah, that's Only three, not <laughs> three years cool. ago, and now he's, he's killed someone else in that, so allegedly. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, like, it's interesting that, like, you know, it, it used to be very, very rare for somebody to be out on, on bail for murder now, but in Canada, it seems that it, it's becoming more and more common, and obviously, uh, like, if he still had been in, in jail, um, he wouldn't have been able to do this, so I don't know exactly uh, what to say, so. Do, do we get, like, good behavior in Canada? Like, what, why would... Well, I know if, uh, like, I'm, like, not a lawyer in that, but I know there's been some Supreme Court decisions sort of, like, saying that, you know, people should get bail unless there's, like, you know, a very good reason why they shouldn't get bail, but... Seems like that was a good reason. It seems like if you have a murder charge, then, you know, you're kind of dangerous in that, so... But, I don't know, it's, uh... Yeah, it's... It's definitely interesting. I, I, like, I wonder, like, did he have, like, a tracking device or anything in that, uh, or... Right. Yeah, so, but... Still, I guess we'll obviously find out more on that because this will obviously go, well, I guess he could plead, but it'll probably go to trial at some point. So, uh, Montreal Homicide 21. Diego Fiorita fatally shot at Napoli Pizzeria on St. Denis Street. Montreal police were called to the Napoli Pizzeria on August 23rd at 1.20 p.m. for the report of a shooting. Police and paramedics arrived to find 50-year-old Diego Fiorita suffering from gunshot injuries. He was rushed to hospital where he died of his injuries. According to the Journal de Montreal, Fiorita was facing a criminal facing criminal charges for making threats and harassing communications in a marital context. Uh, Diego can be seen on a video on the day of his death speaking about his love for life and we have a link to that on our website and so far no arrests have been made wow okay so killed in a pizza parlor in early the daytime a- in the early afternoon yeah okay. you would think that like 120 would be a, a like lunchtime yeah like for you sure you think it would be definitely busy. yeah okay uh the next one uh hamilton homicide the third homicide of the year uh jonathan lewis was charged with the murder of teenage head guitarist Gordon lewis in court town uh, Hamilton police received information that a number of emails have been sent to media outlets with information related to a deceased person on August 7th. Uh, the Hamilton Spectator quoted one message that was sent shortly before 11 a.m. on Sunday. Uh, Funeral people need to get here quick. My dad is starting to decay. Um, police attended an apartment unit at 175 Catherine Street South and located a deceased male in the 60s. Uh, victim has been since identified as Gordon Lewis, 65, in the Hamilton punk rock band Teenage Head. Uh, he had injuries consistent with foul play, and his death was deemed a homicide. 
Uh, at the time, police could not make a positive identification of the victim due to the level of decomposition. Uh, police Detective Sergeant Sarah Beck said investigators said the victim and accused were father and son. Uh, as a result of the investigation, 41-year-old uh, Jonathan Bader Lewis has been arrested and charged with second-degree murder. Uh, according to Hamilton Spectator, Gord's brother, Brian Lewis, said they love being together, having a beer, watching a ball game, enjoying each other's company. Um, Gord struggled with his mental health and spoke about depression that heightened after the death of the band's frontman, uh, Frank, Frankie Venom Kerr. Uh, Jonathan's mental health struggles were known in Hamilton. Uh, he frequently sent upsetting and at times harassing emails and social media posts to local media, politicians, artists, and complete strangers. Uh, on July 13, 2018, uh, Jonathan pleaded guilty to criminal harassment. He was given a suspended sentence with three years of probation. So, yeah, that's a pretty sad case that him mm -hmm. getting killed by his son and that. Like, a, I think, yeah, like Teenage Head, I think, is like you could argue is the seminal uh, punk band in Canada and that. So, uh, yeah, a pretty sad case. Yeah. Surrey, B.C., homicide number 16. Surrey filmmaker Manny Amar dies of his injuries following ass an assault in Newton. Police responded to an altercation at the 14100 block of 61st Avenue on August 31st at approximately 2 p.m. On arrival, police located a man in medical distress who, was, who died of his injuries on the scene. The victim has been identified as filmmaker Manbar Manny Amar, 40 years old. One man has been arrested, and the Integrated Homicide Investigation Team has taken care of the investigation. Police said the homicide was an isolated incident between two neighbors, and so Amir's film, A Warrior's Religion, won Best Documentary Award at the 2009 Sikh International Film Festival in New York City. So, yeah, that's that's sad that you could get that involved with a neighbor. It could turn ugly that quick. Yeah, like, obviously, there's some neighbors out there that obviously yeah, are not great, and it's kind of sad that it would turn murderous. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, the last one we're notable one we're going to discuss of August 2022, uh, Josh Benoit was charged with the murder of a woman in Steinbeck, uh, Manitoba after fleeing the scene with the deceased in his vehicle. Uh, so Steinbach RCMP received a call indicating that a homicide occurred on August 27th at 1.40 p.m. Uh, police arrived at the residence on Creekside Drive to find that the suspect had fled the scene. Uh, further investigation led officers to determine that the deceased victim was in the fleeing suspect's vehicle. Uh, officers from multiple detachments, including Steinbach, Stonewall, Sprague, and Headingley, as well as officers from traffic services began uh, an intensive search and located the vehicle near La Brokery and conducted a traffic stop on Highway 52. Um, police said during the arrest, the suspect's vehicle caught on fire. After the fire was extinguished, the victim's body was not located. Uh, investigations led officers to a remote quad trail in a rural area south of the community of Woodbridge where the body of a 20-year-old female was located. On August 28th, uh, Josh Benoit, a 20-year-old male from Winnipeg, was charged with first-degree murder. Uh, police said the victim and accused were known to each other. Um, yeah, I guess we don't have a, na a victim name then? No. The, okay. But that's just like, you're fleeing from the police with 
the victim's the body. The victim in your car? Like, that's... This doesn't happen every day. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now we'll get to uh, some notable updates and arrests that have occurred during the month, or, or close to the month at least. Uh, an elderly woman has been charged with manslaughter in relation to the murder of a 90-year-old, one, 91-year-old woman in a Thunder Bay long-term care home. Uh, so Thunder Bay Police Service was located was alerted of a death that occurred at uh, Bethany uh, Long-Term Care Home on May 24th. Uh, police said the death occurred as a result of a resident-on-resident resident altercation that took place at the facility in the afternoon hours of May 18th, 2022. Uh, investigators learned that a 91-year-old man was involved in a physical altercation and was seriously injured following a fall at the long-term care facility and later succumbed to his in injuries. Uh, as a result of their continued investigation, police have charged Harriet Gray, 84, of Thunder Bay with manslaughter. So, yeah, that's the second long-term care one, and I guess between, yeah. like, residents and that. And Yeah, I feel like there's been even more this year. <laughs> okay. Like, it's just a lot, but... Yeah, that's uh, obviously, yeah, it's, and yeah, it's interesting too, because like you kind of wonder, you know, obviously I think some of them, the, the perpetrators, the, the the killers are probably have dementia, a lot of them. I'd probably, say. I think that's yeah. fair to say. Usually if you're in long-term yeah. care, there's a reason for that, right? Yeah, although admittedly it could be for physical reasons. But, yeah, that's um, true. But yeah, it's interesting they've charged Harriet Gray uh, with manslaughter because yeah, like um, I would assume if she had dementia, then she probably wouldn't have been charged but uh i i don't know that for sure obviously yeah so. <laughs> yeah yeah that seems nuts to me yeah. but i guess it is what it is the integrated homicide investigation team announced on september 10th that gary losh has been arrested and charged with second degree murder and interference with a dead body in relation to the 2017 homicide of missing woman Chelsea Gauthier in Mission, BC. So the backstory here, um, the integration, the integrated homicide investigation team was investigating the death of Chelsea Gauthier 22 after her body was found on August 16th, 2017. Police said the body was located in an isolated area near Sylvester Road and Dale Road in Mission. Chelsea, a mother of two, was reported missing on July 30th, 2017, after last being seen on July 27th. Corporal Frank Jiang of the IHIT said the death is consistent with a homicide, however, the cause of death has not been released. And on September 10th, 2022, IHIT announced that on September 10th, Gary Losh, who was 62 years old at the time of her death, has been arrested and the BC Prosecution Service has approved charges of second degree murder and interference with a dead body. Losh has an extensive criminal record including convictions for offenses such as resisting, the peace, resisting a peace officer, theft, criminal harassment, assault, breaching his conditions, arson, drug possession, and uttering threats. Yeah, so that's sad, but it's good that they yeah, caught they, him. Yeah, they caught him in that. So I'm assuming that Loesch probably didn't know uh, Gauthier then, but I uh, suppose yeah, we, we I don't know that for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, then the last one is uh, Nelson House RCMP said that uh, the 2021 missing person Rico, Rico Cody Linklater uh, 
It's now believed to be a homicide. So the backstory, Nelson House RCP, RCMP uh, received a report of a missing 22-year-old male on October 23, 2021. Uh, police said Rico Cody Linklater was last seen in the community in the early hours of Thursday, October 21st. Uh, on September 6, 2022, uh, RCMP announced that Nelson House RCMP, along with major crime services, believed that a 22-year-old male, uh, Rico Cody Linklater, uh, who was reported missing on August 23, 2021, was a victim of a homicide. Uh, RCMP officers from the Nelson House Detachment, Major Crime Services, Search and Rescue, and the Underwater Recovery Team will be in the Nelson House area continuing the investigation. Uh, police are asking anyone who may have information in relation to Rico Linklater's disappearance to call the Nelson House RCMP at 204-484-2837. Um, yeah, okay, so, yeah. Um, I guess we know it's a homicide now. Yeah. Okay. All right, so that's it for the, uh, I guess, the, the, the noteworthy arrests in that uh, and updates. Uh, so, yeah, the last thing we want to discuss is, and this isn't a ca Canadian, but I think we're, we want to discuss kind of a, well, sort of a Canadian angle. Uh, yeah, so uh, the, the famous podcast Serial, um, it was announced this week that Adnan Syed uh, was released after 20 years in prison uh, for the murder of Korean high schooler Heyman Lee in Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore County prosecutors have 30 days to discuss, or sorry, to decide to seek a new trial or forego, forego charges altogether. Um, I'm not sure exactly, but I have a feeling that they probably will forego them. Um, yeah, so I guess what we wanted, I want to discuss basically is like uh, comparing what would have happened to, in Canada sentence-wise. Uh, so yeah, he so he spent over 20 years in prison. Um, I think in the case in, in Canada, I think like obviously like um, just from what I know from the case in that, that you know I think if they had the evidence, I think they probably like the, I think the crown probably would have went for first-degree murder, and obviously that would have been like like you know a minimum of 25 years. Yeah, but uh, obviously, if you listen to Serial and that, and um, you know the case wasn't airtight. Um, no, I wouldn't say there. There was definitely evidence. I uh, like that he had. They had. I think his name was Jay. Who was yeah, the, the, his the, best friend. His best friend who testified against him, uh, which never helps if you're trying to beat a murder charge. Um, yeah, but there obviously was some. Um, you know. There was some issues, definitely, and obviously, like people uh, have have been trying to prove his innocence for quite some time since then. Uh, so yeah, it it, it might have been the fact that he might have pled to manslaughter in that, and I think what's interesting about that, like knowing, like going over, like what manslaughter, because you could send, you can potentially serve a lot of time in manslaughter, but like also you can spend, you can only spend like five years in manslaughter in that. So like in theory, in Canada, he could have killed her, and, well, if he had killed her allegedly, um, <laughs> but if if he had been he could have pled to manslaughter and he could have been out like, you know, less than 10 years. So he would have been out far sooner than he would have been in this case. Although obviously, you know, he's out now, but he, he already did spend 20 years. Like and yeah. the thing is in Canada, like I think it was 22, maybe he spent and like in Canada, like I think, you know, obviously you can like not get parole at 25 for first degree murder, but usually you would, uh, especially if there's only one victim in that. So, um, especially since he was pretty young when he killed her in that. And yeah. So, yeah. So it's interesting in the U.S. in that, yeah, just how much longer he would have, uh, he would have, how, long, how much longer you spend in, in jail than you would, or prison, rather, uh, versus Canada in that. Yeah, and I guess at the end of the day, it's interesting, like, yeah, did Syed do it in that? Like, obviously, the serial podcast was pretty famous in that. And yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I listened to it once when it first came out, 
and I say he didn't. I'm listening to it again to see if like anything has changed in my brain, but I don't know. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess the one thing is like, like for me in that, it's like, what? Why did his friend Jay like testify against him in that? So like, uh, that's I, I think that's the biggest the the biggest mystery in that. So I guess, but then you think like, oh, is is he testifying against him because he was involved in it somehow? Like yeah. that's where my brain went, but who knows? Like, yeah. I'm always thinking the worst of people. Yeah, <laughs> I guess there was allegedly some new evidence in that that uh, like sort of helped in that, and or at least also some stuff that wasn't released to the defense in that. And obviously, I think if if you listen to the serial podcast too, is it, he didn't obviously his lawyer that he had initially wasn't great if, from mm-hmm. from what I recalled in that. So I think that yeah, like obviously, um, it wasn't like an airtight case. Like there wasn't video of him killing her in that. Yeah. By, by any means. In that. So. Well, I guess that was that was a long time ago too. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. like I don't think anyone had camera phones back then and stuff like that. No, probably not. But yeah, yeah I don't but think so. I think there still was some uh, surveillance surveillance cameras in that. Like yeah. I think it, it, the other thing too is that they did use, um, I guess, cell phone records in that as part right. of the trial in that. So obviously they still existed. Uh, yeah. So interested. Syed is out. Uh, you know, as someone like as in like. That's basically the granddaddy of true crime podcasts and that. So it's interesting yeah. that finally, like, that's, uh, yeah, that something's happened. I guess there is, like, a new episode. I haven't listened to it yet uh, uh, that she's updated on the case, oh, okay. I guess. the, uh, the ser- I can't remember her name. Um, but, yeah, there's a new, like, 20-minute episode or something like that. So well, I'm working my way back through okay. it, so I'm sure I'll get to it before our next podcast. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, so that's been our – what, 29th episode, Tanny, that's correct? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, and yeah, covering the August homicide. So yeah, so if you want to, uh, yeah, go to our website too, homicidecanada.com. So yeah, we yeah, try to like basically have a post for all the homicides and we also have pages for all the provinces and the major municipalities. Uh, our email is info at homicidecanada.com and you can tell us if we missed a murder in your municipality or province or if there's anything else you want to say. Uh, our Twitter is homicide underscore Canada and our DMs are always open. And yeah, just look us up on Facebook or on Instagram and we should come up and yeah, you can follow us on there. And yeah, and also that's another way to track us. So yeah, until next time.